Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. I'll now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together... We can make a difference. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black, tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. Take the sky from me There's no place I can be Since I found serenity You can't take the sky from me In a world overflowing with movies Someone to separate the bad from the good. Welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 53, Serenity and a little bit of Firefly. (laughs) Uh, I hope that you're all continuing to stay safe and well. Thank you, obviously, for joining me for yet another episode. And thank you as well for the positive responses to the previous episode on The Nice Guys. It's got a small fan base, that movie, but I really wanted to open it up to more viewers and I've hope that I did I know at least one person has been in touch to say they've not seen the nice guys but they listened and now they're gonna see the nice guys so that's always really cool to know it's dawned on me too that I've gone from the nice guys to let's be bad guys um that was unintentional um but I have this little thing where I really like to find links between the episodes if I can and so yeah I'm actually quite happy with that little link Um, This is not the first time I've done anything by Joss Whedon. It's probably not going to be the last time I've done anything by Joss Whedon. Um, I just desperately wanted to do Serenity. And I think I can say without fear that this will be one of those slightly longer than normal episodes because I'm not just going to be talking about Serenity. I'm also going to talk a little bit about Firefly as well because I feel like you can't just talk about the movie Serenity without talking about the TV show that spawned serenity um so just on a by note if you do like this episode or any other episode that i've put out um if you would be so kind as to take a moment to rate and review on something like apple podcasts uh ideally five stars would be lovely um that would just be really really nice i would really appreciate it it's the best way to show me or any podcaster that you enjoy listening um and it's completely free and it literally takes two minutes Uh, or uh, another thing that you could do which I've never actually said before but I'm going to start now is tell your friends if you do enjoy my episodes then make sure you tell someone and maybe they could listen too that would be awesome Um, especially if they're brown coats because I hope that the brown coats will be listening to this Um, Firefly and Serenity fan community is one of the most dedicated fan communities in the world so um, I really hope that 
the brown coats are listening this is for you guys um i hope you like it so you can't take the sky from me and if you tried i swear by my pretty floral bonnet i would end you shiny let's be bad guys or at the very least big damn heroes Hands and knees and heads bowed down, everybody down. This is a robbery, but what we're after is not yours. Listen up, we're coming down to empty that vault. You have to give me your authorization password. Okay. This is the captain. We may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I don't want to explode. So here's us. On the raggedy edge. Come a day there won't be room for naughty men like us to slip about at all. I'm taking your sister under my protection here. She's conditioned for combat. She's a creature of extraordinary grace. The only people she's a threat to is us on this boat. River, do you want to stay with them? It isn't safe for them. Every minute you keep her from me, more people will die. You think I care? Of course you can. The Alliance has gone to enormous trouble to find a little friend. You'll know what it is you're carrying. Do you know that girl? I really don't. It's worse than you know. It usually is. Where is it written that we gotta lay down our lives for her? You wanna run this ship? Yes. Well, you can't. No more running. I am to misbehave. It's a fair bet that the Alliance knows it's coming. No, they're not gonna see this coming. Do you really think any of us are gonna get through this? Well, I might. This is gonna get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all gonna die? No, yes, no. Yes. The universe is gonna know the truth. You willing to die for that? I am. In the future, mankind consumed planet Earth called Earth That Was and moved to other planets and satellites. A new order is established with the totalitarian government of the Alliance, which fights and wins a war against their opponents, the independents in the Battle of Serenity Valley. When Dr. Simon Tam rescues his teenage telepathic sister River from the claws of the Alliance, they are sheltered by a group of mercenaries and smugglers in the spacecraft Serenity, led by the former war hero Captain Malcolm Mal Reynolds. The Alliance send an assassin to bring River Tam back, while Mal and his crew find out how powerful she is and the truth about the hidden planet Miranda and the origin of the cannibalistic Reavers. So the cast, um, obviously the cast for this, I'm going to talk about the cast of the movie, um, but the nine primary characters in the movie were also in the TV show. So we have Nathan Fillion as Malcolm Reynolds, Gina Torres as Zoe Washburn, Alan Tudyk as Hoban Wash Washburn, and I told you in A Knight's Tale that Alan would be back, and here he is, uh, Marina Bakarin as Inara Serra, Adam Baldwin as Jane Cobb, Jewel State as Kaylee Fry, Sean Mayer as Simon Tam, Summer Glau as River Tam, Ron Glass as Shepherd Book, David Crumholtz as Mr. Universe, Chiwetel Ejiofor as The Operative, Michael Hitchcock as Dr. Matthias, and Sarah Paulson has a brief, brief cameo as Dr. Karen. So Serenity was written and directed by Joss Whedon. Uh, Joss Whedon is someone who you may know of, creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Dollhouse. He'd previously written the 1992 Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. He also co-wrote Toy Story. That was episode 50. Uh, he co-wrote Alien Resurrection and Titan AE. That was all the way back on episode one, as well as uncredited work on Speed, episode eight. This was his directorial debut and he would go on to write and produce The Cabin in the Woods, episode 7, write and direct The Avengers for Marvel, both of which in 2012. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Verbal Diorama has had a lot of previous with Joss Whedon. Oh, as well as having an episode on Hush, episode 22. Uh, that was my Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. So basically, Joss Whedon has been a feature in this podcast and in my life for a long time. So really... An episode on Serenity 
has been a long time coming. Serenity is based, obviously, on the one-season TV show from 2002, Firefly, also created by Joss Whedon. At one point, Whedon was working on Buffy, Angel and Firefly simultaneously. So I want to start by talking a little bit about Firefly. I'm not going to talk a great deal about Firefly or its plots um, because otherwise this episode would just literally go on forever. So I'm going to try and keep it as condensed as possible. Firefly followed the adventures of the Serenity, a Firefly-class spaceship and its crew, Captain Malcolm Reynolds, second-in-command Zoe Washburn, her husband and Serenity pilot Hoban Washburn, mechanic Kaylee Fry, mercenary Jane Cobb, high-standing companion Inara Serra, pastor Shepard Book, and they pick up Dr. Simon Tam and his teenage sister River. River is experimented on by the Alliance, leaving her delusional and paranoid. So Joss Whedon read uh, a book called The Killer Angels, which was by Mark Shara, about the Battle of Gettysburg during the American Civil War. And he wanted to develop a show that not only focused on the losing side, but also an environment where life was an amalgamation of vintage and modern, blending the Wild West science fiction, as well as showing the alliance of the United States and China forming a superpower, which in the show is called the Alliance, and essentially fusing the two cultures together, which is why Firefly and Serenity have this very kind of Eastern fusion. They speak a lot of Chinese. Despite advancements in technology, most planets would choose a simple life away from Alliance control. Absolute power would still corrupt absolutely, and the future would be surprisingly similar to modern day, essentially. The protagonists of the show, the crew of the Serenity, famously aren't good guys. Um, There is a hint of the nice guys not being nice guys to it. um, And that's why this episode follows the nice guys. There's always a method to my scheduling madness sometimes. But essentially, the crew of the ship Serenity do what they can to survive. If they have to steal uh, Alliance funds, then they will. Um, if they have to do nefarious things, they probably will. Mal specifically is not opposed to killing someone who is trying to kill them uh, or opposed to killing someone who's just generally a bit worse than they are. The show has always had shades of grey in uh, its morality and in its ethics. And probably that's one of the reasons why people kind of like it so much. Uh, in that you're never really quite sure how these characters are going to react. Um, The similarities of Firefly to legendary anime series Cowboy Bebop are not lost on fans of both, uh, and comparisons have also been made to another anime series called Outlaw Star. When they were making Firefly, Joss Whedon selected Tim Minear as showrunner and the writing staff of Firefly was a who's who of writing talent, including Jose Molina, Jane Espenson, Druze Greenberg, all of whom also wrote for Buffy and Angel. All nine principal cast members were chosen before filming began, including Rebecca Gayhart as Inara, uh very quickly Joss Whedon realised she wasn't right for the part and he actually shot her scenes specifically so that she could be replaced. Uh, Marina Bakarin was her replacement. Initially Firefly was conceptualised as a seven season TV show. So although we essentially only got one of those seasons, they had material for more um, and a lot of that material did end up in the movie Serenity. So Firefly had 15 episodes or a two-hour pilot and 13 one-hour episodes, depending on how it was viewed, uh, how it was uh, aired in your country. Uh, In the US, it was famously aired out of order when it premiered in September 2002, and three episodes remained unaired in that initial first run. So episode 12, Trash, 13, The Message, and 14, Heart of Gold, uh, they remained unaired. The premiere episode, which was also titled Serenity, just to make it extra, extra confusing, uh, was not actually aired first because Fox actually thought it was unsuitable as the pilot. So episode two, The Train Job, was aired first and it was aired in the so-called Friday Night Death Slot in America. In the UK, it premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel in 2003 and the channel announced that the series would be released as per Joss Whedon's original running order, including episodes 12, 
13 and 14. So basically here in the UK, we got it in order and we got those episodes. So I have no idea what Fox was thinking. Uh, because basically airing the show out of order seemed to belie the fact that Fox didn't really understand what Firefly was. Um, but despite airing out of order, it quickly generated a loyal fan base. They called themselves Browncoats. And with the adoption of early internet forums, set about discussion. And ultimately, when the show was cancelled, they were organising attempts to save the show from cancellation. It's not impossible for cancelled shows to be resurrected after fan involvement. Um, you know, Family Guy and Futurama spring to mind. They were both Fox shows as well. So Fox has previous when it comes to cancelling stuff. It's not really too sure about um, Unfortunately, after attempting to get other networks to acquire the show for a second season, uh, the Browncoats were not successful at getting the show renewed, but they were successful in getting the show released on DVD in December 2003 and the subsequent DVD sales, which sold out in less than 24 hours after the pre-order announcement. And in this story that I'm telling, there's a lot of instances where things are selling out in at least 24 hours because of the brown coats so really skipping forward a little bit the brown coats are the key to firefly and serenity but i'm uh, let's go back let's go back right so subsequent dvd sales um there was obviously a very positive fan reaction and joss whedon was kind of sitting there and seeing all of this going on and he kind of realized that this little show really was the little show that could um and he, it ended up persuading him to attempt to sell it as a potential movie continuation. Uh, and he had a script which he had been working on since cancellation. And like I said, he had potential seven season arc to go by. So there was plenty of material there for him to kind of pick and choose from. He contacted Barry Mendel at Universal Studios to discuss a possible feature film. Mendel introduced him to executive Mary Parent, who turned out to be a massive fan of Firefly. And they were interested in proceeding as long as Whedon had a story in place. So just to kind of bridge the gap between Firefly and Serenity, there is a comic book entitled Serenity, Those Left Behind, which details the story in between the end of Firefly and the start of Serenity. So I'm just going to go through that in a nutshell, just in case people don't know, because obviously when Serenity starts, there are some people who are missing from the ship and there's not really any real, well, no one really knows why they're not there. Um, it's alluded to, but it's not really talked about. So uh, in a nutshell, on a small border planet town, Mal, Zoe and Jane are attempting another heist with Shepherd Book giving Sermon as a diversion. Another thief, Ott, holds them up and demands the payload for their lives. A firefight ensues with Ott and his crew stealing the payload. Lawrence Dobson, who lost his eye to Mal in the pilot episode, is on Whitefall and makes a deal with the Hands of Blue, you'll remember the Hands of Blue, two by two Hands of Blue, to recapture River. Badger, meanwhile, pitches a job to the crew of Serenity about a pile of money hidden in the desert. They end up leaving him on Persephone and Shepherd Book and Mal have an altercation after Mal refuses to abide by his word to Inara to take her to her destination. Deciding to take Badger's job turns out to be a massive setup, as it always is, and Lawrence Dobson and his henchmen are waiting. Mal shoots out Dobson's other eye and then kills him. Uh, while the fight occurs, the Hands of Blue board Serenity to capture River but her psychic abilities notify Simon, Inara and Kaylee, who attempt to stop them. Mal, Zoe and Jane board the ship as the Hands of Blue are ejected and incinerated by the ship's engine flare. Mal agrees to drop Inara off at her duties, but they part on bad terms. Shepherd Book fears the ship has corrupted him and he announces he's leaving. The Alliance, having learned of the fates of the Hands of Blue, pass the assignment to retrieve River to the operative who accepts the mission. And so, the end of Firefly... Serenity, those left behind, into Serenity. So Joss Whedon knew that any film deal had to have the show's original cast and Universal had to have faith in the concept of the world of Firefly. Luckily, Universal were completely on board. They made the process easy, unlike Fox, and believed they had a genuine hit on their hands. They knew it was never going to be a blockbuster, but they also knew it wasn't going to be a low-budget hack job. 
They wanted a genuine continuation of the stories of the nine characters aboard the Serenity. The entire cast was signed up to multi-picture deals, apart from some notable exceptions, which I'll come to. Universal acquired the rights to Firefly, and in September 2004, Serenity was announced. It's been reported that the reason it's called Serenity is because Fox owns the rights to the name Firefly. But to be honest, although there are a couple of sources online that state that, there are also a couple of stories that state that they just wanted to differentiate it from Firefly, so they called it Serenity. So I'm not entirely sure which is 100% truth, but essentially... Universal did have the rights to Firefly. So you would argue that they could have called it Firefly the movie, perhaps, if they really wanted to. But anyway, so in September 2004, the film was announced as Serenity. The original cast was all on board and they also introduced some new cast members in the form of Chiwetel Ejiofor, David Krumholtz, Michael Hitchcock and Sarah Paulson. And just a brief mention on Chiwetel Ejiofor who I think we can all admit and agree is a great actor, literally one of the best working right now. He's won all sorts of awards. But I find his operative so calculating and cruel and conniving. I genuinely would have loved to see more of that character. Um, And I think getting someone like Chiwetel Ejiofor, who at the time was probably most well-known as Keira Knightley's husband in Love Actually, was a genuine coup for this production. The following year, he would star in Alfonso Cuaron's Children of Men, which I adore, by the way. It's definitely on my list because I love Children of Men. Um, And then in 2013, he would win the BAFTA for Best Actor for his role in 12 Years a Slave. And he was also nominated for Oscar, SAG and Golden Globe Awards for the same role. I feel like having Chiwetel Ejiofor gives the project a bit more gravitas now perhaps, then it maybe did back then, because I kind of feel like someone of the standard of Chiwetel Ejiofor would not have signed up to this had he thought it was a bit of a hack job. Um, So although Universal were easy to work with and acquiesced to many of the requests of Joss Whedon, the production wasn't entirely trouble-free. The original sets from Firefly had been destroyed when the show was cancelled, because obviously they didn't think that they would ever go back to this property. But when the movie was green lit, they obviously needed these sets. Uh, But most importantly, due to the massive and very passionate fan base, those sets needed to look right. Serenity needed to look exactly like Serenity. Luckily, Nathan Fillion had kept the blueprints from the original show as a keepsake. And they used these along with original set photos and the DVDs to recreate the ship from scratch over 14 weeks on Universal Stage 12, and nowhere is the ship's look as demonstrable as in Serenity's post-title opener. Pre-title, by the way, is such a fantastic opening shot from the Universal Earth becoming Earth that was to Simon breaking River from the Alliance. It's so delicious to watch. There's so much information there. It's very exposition heavy, um, but it has to be. Because remember, this is a property that's not just for the fans. It is for the fans. You know, they made this for the fans. But it's they also wanted to entice new fans. And to do so, they needed that exposition. So there is a lot of exposition before the title. But there's also some exposition after. Uh, you might have guessed, I am a bit of a fan. Uh, so Joss Whedon had the unenviable task of not only creating a sequel to the TV show for the hardcore fans but also to build a universe for people who had actually never seen Firefly at all. To do this, there's a four and a half minute single shot, and I use that in inverted commas, single shot, which shows all the primary characters, it introduces them, uh, it introduces the interior of the Serenity, and they wanted to do that continuous shot to give a real feeling of coming home. Uh, It succeeds in introducing each character, provides any exposition necessary, and was done using a pro Steadicam rig, Panavision XL camera, uh, using 35mm film, and it was operated by a guy called Mark Emery Moore, who had to navigate the small hatches and stairways on his own. Uh, The whole scene was planned uh, to even include a wall removal partway through. So they really, really wanted to make this ship look as spacious and big, but also 
kind of constricted as well because it it is a relatively small ship but they wanted to have this kind of ability to move through the ship with the characters to have a bit of an introduction for everyone when i said that it was a four and a half minute single shot i used inverted commas and there's a reason um because there is an unnoticeable cut in the single shot and that is when mal and simon walk down a corridor it pans to simon uh, and that's where the cut is and the reason for that is although the sets were built next to each other, they couldn't build sets on top of each other. So the hidden cut hides the fact that those two sets were actually next door to each other. So it's really simple, but I think it's really effective because if you didn't know that that cut was there, you just would think it was a single shot, but it's not. Coming back to Firefly uh, and Serenity repeated times over my adult life, it always feels to me like going home. And... There's a real reason that fans love this show. There's a reason fans love these characters. And I'm going to come to the fandom a little bit later. But Serenity will never not make me experience a full range of emotions. I look at Zoe and Wash and I see one of the most well-written depictions of love and marriage. And how love should be based on mutual affection and trust that Wash adores and respects. Zoe uh, obviously treats her like a queen. Uh, and she chooses him above everything else. And this is despite the fact she's very close to Mal. Uh, there's actually an episode of the show where Mal and Wash are captured and Zoe goes to rescue them. And she's given a choice by the captor. Does she choose her husband or her captain? And without hesitating, she chooses Wash. And that is a real testament to the relationship of Zoe and Wash. It's one of my favourite on-screen relationships ever 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 um i mean let's be honest it's more healthy than buffy and spike <laughs> um i absolutely love these characters i love each and every one of them in their own way maybe well even love jane maybe a little bit jane is problematic and interesting um but what and when I say problematic, uh, you know, the TV show can be problematic, uh, such as Mal's repeated insistence that Inara is a whore. Um, just to explain for anyone who is unaware of what a companion is, essentially Inara is is a companion. She It's like a geisha. Um, it's not a prostitute or anything like that. It's someone who just provides companionship. That may or may not involve a sexual relationship, um but more often than not it doesn't um but companions in the future are seen as very high standing individuals they're like nobility almost so the fact that mal repeatedly calls her a whore um it really doesn't sit well with me um and sometimes mal can be a little bit acidic i appreciate as well and i know this is more noticeable in recent years um that joss whedon himself is incredibly problematic too um, and I've discovered so is Adam Baldwin uh, and as I said I've never really warmed to Jane much there is one particular episode where Jane is a little bit more of a sympathetic character um, and we do find out that he does send most of his money to his mother but still because he's like a mercenary he's always very much on the side of winning so why he's with the cure of the serenity it's not entirely certain, but sometimes I feel you have to separate the art from the artist. Um, and I don't let my feelings about Joss Whedon and Adam Baldwin, uh, and sometimes Mal and very often Jane, um, cloud my judgment of Firefly or Serenity. Um, uh, and also it's something that I want to talk about in a few episodes time as well, because there's a movie that I'm going to be featuring in a few episodes that also has a problematic director. Um, and the reason why I'm featuring it is nothing to do with the director at all. Um, I think he's an abhorrent human being, but you have to separate the art from the artist and you have to judge it by the fact that, yes, this one person is problematic, but the rest of the cast and crew work damn hard on that production. So... I do it for them. I don't do it for that person. And it's very much the same in this instance. I featured a lot of Joss Whedon's stuff. Um, I, I admit to liking a lot of his stuff. Him as a person, it's kind of come out that maybe he's not the nicest person in the world. 
Um, but again, I feel like you do have to sometimes separate that art. Uh, speaking of Joss, uh, throughout his TV and cinematic offerings, has never been shy of killing people, especially the people that you really, really love and that you don't expect to die. So famous offings uh, in his shows have included Tara McClay, Fred Burkle, Jenny Callender, Cordelia Chase, Joyce Summers, Agent Coulson, although technically he was resurrected, and Serenity is no different. Um, I mentioned earlier about the contracts for multiple films, and two actors couldn't commit to those contracts. One was the late Ron Glass, who plays Shepard Book. Uh, Shepard Book is mortally wounded by the Alliance for harbouring the crew of the Serenity before dying in Mal's arms, which is sad because Shepard Book is the sort of character that always has faith and is always quite positive and a positive influence on the crew of the Serenity. And then there's Wash. Uh, so I mentioned about my love for the partnership of Zoe and Wash. So Wash, oh, it's hard. It's still so hard to watch. Um, Wash was essentially the comic relief of the show. And Firefly is a funny show. Uh, but he was the quippy, skilled pilot with fantastic arms and with this sarcastic observational sense of humor as i said he was madly in love with his wife uh whilst also acknowledging the fact that she was better than him at pretty much everything uh he called her his warrior woman um their love was sweet and passionate he kept dinosaurs at his flight station and he played with them on downtime he had a calm demeanor he could also panic as well but if he needed to be calm and focused, he could be. He was the calming influence in the group. He was the voice of reason. Wash was the everyman. And I was genuinely distraught when Wash died. To me, Wash represented the best of everything. He was strong like Mal. He was passionate like Zoe. He was sweet like Kaylee. He was tough like Jane. He was level-headed like Shepherd Book. He was loyal like Simon. And he could be a bit crazy, like River. Uh, watching him die still hurts. It genuinely does still hurt. Just like watching Tara die still hurts. And Fred as well. And Joyce. Not so much Jenny, I'll be honest, because I never really warmed Jenny Calendar. Um, but do not get me started on how the show Angel treated Cordelia. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. That would be another episode in itself. And then after Wash's death, the fact that Zoe can step up, take control, take on the Reaver Horde, literally straight after her husband is killed. She puts vengeance aside for the mission. She does her job. If anything, this movie runs out of time with its characters. And that is only because for me, as a fan, I just want to see more of everyone. I just want to spend more time with these people. But you kind of can't because you're very limited to times uh and obviously this movie is just shy of two hours long um so you could argue it probably couldn't have been much longer um this was 2005 so this was before the two and a half three hour sci-fi epic blockbusters that we get nowadays so um yeah i don't I feel like i've gone on a downer um but yeah wash Ugh. Joss Whedon, why? Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Um, as I mentioned, this was shot on film and honestly, this movie looks beautiful. It really looks like a step up visually from the TV show, but it actually contains a lot of practical effects and that's because the budget for CGI was limited. Everything that could be shot on location was, mainly due to Joss Whedon's insistence that he did not want to uproot his family. He insisted a local production would be cheaper and quicker. Uh, in fact, on a budget of $40 million, they only ended up spending $39 million. Uh, obviously, the whole set was a real spaceship set. The hovercraft they used for the bank job and the first encounter with the Reavers was a trailer with a cantilevered arm. Uh, that was shot on the Templin Highway north of Santa Clarita, which took five days to shoot. And then the scenes on Miranda were shot at Diamond Ranch High School in Pomona. The shoot lasted 50 days in total, but originally it was estimated to take 80 days. So Whedon's insistence for filming in California rather than abroad paid off. 
uh, not only in money but also in time as it happened that was a blessing for the movie financially but we'll go into finances a bit later anything that was computer generated such as the ship and the battles we used as sparingly as possible zoic studios the company that produced the graphics for the series performed a complete graphical overhaul on the exterior of serenity so she'd be worthy of a high definition big screen experience seeing river's abilities was something that the tv show teased uh, and having classically trained ballerina and dancer summer glau do pretty much all of her own stunts as did nathan fillion by the way sean mayer and chiwetel ejiofor it adds an authenticity and a genuine badassness to river that the series often alluded to we finally saw river the weapon uh, we also finally saw why the reavers were so terrifying and interestingly as well where they came from uh, which was something i was personally not expecting to see the first time i saw serenity uh, but that's what we got an experiment to subdue the population uh, cause half to die and the others to become angry cannibals as you do the reavers were always more of a myth in the tv show although we, though we did see bits of them so having their true nature and sort of a rabid zombie-like obsession with flesh was genuinely frightening and it really upped the tension the fact that river could dispatch the whole lot of them kind of made her even more terrifying but some of my favorite scenes are the fight scenes with river because summer glau is so good she was a trained dancer a toe injury forced her to cut short her ballet career um and she is just a genuine delight it's the arguably the role that she's most well known for uh as is pretty much all of the cast uh i mean really apart from alan tudyk uh who who's kind of steadily worked he does a lot of voice stuff for disney um but arguably nathan fillion this is his most popular role gina torres this is her most popular role definitely adam baldwin uh this is his most popular role um so i kind of feel like this is everything to all of these people uh including summer glau the movie as i said would definitely not exist without the fans without the brown coats who petitioned to keep firefly alive who dress up in cosplay and go to conventions uh and buy memorabilia and go and see the stars who bought the dvds and encouraged joss whedon that his space western was worth saving who actually helped serenity into the black with dvd sales um, and i'll come to that in a bit firefly has been off the air 18 years and yet the fan community is still active they're still aiming to misbehave and you definitely can't take the sky from them they're the big damn heroes of this story you're the big damn heroes we're the big damn heroes talking of big damn heroes it's time for the something that i like to do called the obligatory keanu reference uh this is where i like to try and link uh the movie that i'm featuring with uh, keanu reeves and it's not really a link to serenity or firefly but keanu reeves has previous with joss whedon uh after whedon worked uncredited on speed uh they actually spent time working together on the character of jack traven and so yeah uh i guess he's the wash of this scenario <laughs> i don't know why i said that while the music for the tv show was by greg edmondson and the theme song the ballad of serenity was by sunny Rhodes, neither were used for serenity originally joss whedon wanted carter burwell but david newman was recommended by universal because unlike carter burwell he could do everything and quickly the score was supposed to be haunting haunted vaguely eastern and achingly unresolved and i do think it's a really nice score actually when they were marketing serenity they attempted to do something a bit different uh, they obviously wanted to entice the brown coats as well as potential new fans um and so they did these preview screenings called can't stop the signal they were shown in 35 cities in the u.s this was obviously not the finished product either by the way uh but they wanted to pick the cities where firefly had the highest ratings all of those screenings sold out in less than 24 hours a final screening was shown at that year's comic-con followed by a panel with joss whedon and the entire cast they also utilized message boards as viral marketing so they made five short videos known as session 416 or the rtam sessions they were posted anonymously on various fan sites universal denied all knowledge of the video's origin 
Um, these viral videos consisted of Summer Glau as River Tam, speaking with her therapist, who was played by an uncredited Joss Whedon, and it chronicled her changes from child prodigy to unstable weapon. Serenity ended up being premiered at the Edinburgh International Film Festival on the 22nd of August 2005. That screening sold out completely, and two more were arranged, which also sold out in, you've guessed it, less than 24 hours. All of these sellouts seemed to be looking really good for the movie. Uh, Universal were obviously chuffed at bits. It was theatrically released on the 30th of September 2005 in the US. On traditional film prints, it actually became the first film to fully conform to digital cinema initiatives specifications, which marked a major milestone in the move towards all digital production. Serenity ended up opening at number two in the US box office uh, against the incumbent number one, which was the movie Flight Plan. And that was obviously a bit of a disappointment for Universal because a lot of critics were tracking it for a number one opening. Um, But it was at least $4 million off Flight Plan that week. It was the highest ranking of the new releases that week. But to be honest, I've seen Box Office Mojo. It didn't have that much competition. It ended up taking $10.1 million on its first weekend. But the following week, it dropped to number eight in the box office. Uh, That was when Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit was released, along with four other new releases. Uh, Serenity ended up dropping 46.9% in its second week. It was made on an, as I previously mentioned, $39 million budget. It ended up making $40.4 million worldwide. Uh, So things were not looking great for Serenity, despite really positive fan reaction. And the fans really buoyed the movie. Uh, Like I said, with good DVD sales, the DVD sales actually ended up putting the movie in the black because the DVD sold so well. Universal also picked up an additional $3 million from a broadcast sale to the USA Network. And the movie eventually made back its money, but only just. Obviously, as well, the movie was critically praised. It received several minor awards, such as a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation Long Form. It was named Film of the Year by Film 2005 and Film Focus. It was named the Best Science Fiction Movie of All Time by SFX Magazine in 2007. And it's ranked 383rd on Empire Magazine's 500 Greatest Films of All Time, which is quite an achievement, actually. If you think of the 500 Greatest Films of All Time, Serenity being 383rd is quite a big achievement. Fans obviously seem to adore it in droves, but it never seemed to make a mark on the non-fan communities. Although the cast, as I mentioned, was signed on for sequels, not even the fans, the browncoats, could make Serenity 2 happen. A TV movie was mooted in late 2005 for the Sci-Fi Channel. Joss Whedon himself confirmed on the Whedon S website, though, that he was not working on a sequel. So the movie's demise parallels the TV show, really. And that's okay. As the guys who lost the war, it makes sense, kind of, that they'd lose the box office as well. Well, I mean, I know they broke even, but also kind of lost. It's almost psychological, really. You want something more if you can't have it. And maybe that's where the enduring appeal of Firefly and Serenity lies. We want it because it's so limited, because it's so niche, because it's the underdog. People love things that are rare. It's why collector's editions get snapped up and limited editions are spent fortunes on. Uh, rarity equals value. Firefly didn't get out to go in a blaze of glory because it was so cruelly cancelled. Serenity kind of did. And that's down to the brown coats, And they're the ones keeping the spirit of Serenity and Firefly alive to this day. Right, over to social media. So each episode, I well, most episodes, some episodes I don't, but some I do, uh, I ask on social media what people think of the movie that I'm going to be featuring. And I'll be honest, I did expect a few for Serenity because I did say I'm not just going to be talking about Serenity, I'm also going to be talking about Firefly. So a lot of these comments are bits of Firefly and bits of Serenity. But that's exactly what I wanted. Uh, and I got loads so firstly on twitter andy at geek salad radio is back uh he was not with us last week for the nice guys he is back for this he said 
I actually saw Serenity before I watched the series of Firefly. I felt it to be a fitting send-off of Mal and his crew. There's so much humour and heart. I kind of wish that Firefly could have gotten its start on a network that better appreciated it. Yeah, well, Fox are... Fox. At NFTDT, which is Dave from Not For The Dinner Table, said... Firefly and Serenity are arguably my favourite Whedon creation. It blends Western and sci-fi together really well, but doesn't shy away from the human condition the way in which other futuristic sci-fi does. Kaylee is my favourite, followed by Wash, still quotable to this day. I'm a leaf on the wind. I think Serenity works without Firefly, but is made all the sweeter if you've seen the show. Whedon allows the audience to speculate on what has happened in the time between the two. It made me fall in love with Nathan Fillion as Mal Reynolds. So to end in his words, stay shiny. I mean, I'll be honest. As problematic as Mal Reynolds sometimes is, Nathan Fillion is quite lovely, actually. Um, There are some real hotties on this show. Obviously, Alan Tudyk. But yeah, Nathan Fillion. I I would never say no to Nathan Fillion. At Contrarian Prime said, Books reduced role notwithstanding. Probably the best closure we could get for the show. A shame we didn't get more adventures, but at least it felt like it closed Mal and River's arc properly. And that third act is fantastic. At Derek Jones 198 said, Firefly and the movie Serenity have earned their place in pop culture history. It has all the hallmarks of Joss, colourful characters, genre mashing together, and oh so much quippy dialogue. What can I say? I love it. At GOT Stratosphere said, I saw the movie before I ever saw the show, if you can believe that. And yeah, I can absolutely believe that. At BLC Agnew said, Firefly was one of my great television loves. Even as the screwy viewing order baffled me when it first aired, I still adore it, warts and all, for its memorable characters, sci-fi western aesthetic and a mixture of adventure, whimsy, horror and melancholy. Serenity had the impossible task of continuing a narrative and set of character arcs while introducing its world to a wider audience and somehow stuck the landing, doubtless providing a proof of concept for when Whedon would need to pull off a similar trick with the Avengers. I no longer have any real desire for a continuation of the verse with TV and film, but I'll always treasure these two quietly influential works as a bittersweet but complete closed loop for the story of Mal Reynolds and his intrepid crew. At G. Holson said, We needed the one-two punch of this and Battlestar Galactica to shake off decades of sci-fi TV that was Star Trek, but... Blank. (laughs) And BLC Agnew came back with, They also gave actual Star Trek a palpable kick in the seat. At Chris Walford 6 said, One of the biggest misjudges in life is the cancellation of this series. Still the best sci-fi show ever, in my opinion. At Oral underscore MFC said, How do Reavers clean their spikes? They put them through the wash. Harsh. In all seriousness, Firefly and Serenity are a mixed bag now. Adam Baldwin is a garbage person who makes it hard to appreciate Jane and the allegations against Whedon give a general cloud to his works. That having been said, I still love the characters and the movie as a satisfying ending for the show, even if they left out some of the good stuff for the comics, like Book's backstory. I can still quote it endlessly and the setting is great, fairly hard sci-fi. At Swayze of Arabia said Firefly perfectly blended sci-fi with westerns and created a compelling story with brilliant writing and amazing characters that were portrayed perfectly by a stellar cast. Serenity was the series finale we never got. At M. Ray Guns said the movie is an outstanding piece of work. It works as a season two for the show. It works as a unique sci-fi adventure, has genuine comedic moments and just balances everything nicely without it being over three hours. Amazing that it's Joss's first movie. At Word Salad Radio said, love this verse. And at the Peter Briggs, who you'll remember if you listen to my episode on Hellboy and Hellboy to the Golden Army, he was the writer of that first Hellboy movie. And he said, and this is really interesting. My ex was the movie storyboard artist. Over lunch at Universal, she said she had to come up with damage to the ship. I suggested hitting pillars and tearing its engine off. She sketched it. It got approved. Boom. Like broadcast news, I say it here, it comes out there. Thank you, Peter, for that wonderful little anecdote. He is so full of wonderful little anecdotes, everyone. Over to Instagram, at Rocky the Zombie said, How Firefly got cancelled, I'll never know or understand. A part of me died when it was announced there would be no more. 
at Convenience Store Cat said, I'm surprised there hasn't been an attempt to a Firefly Serenity reboot. Would love to hear your thoughts on why this might be the case. In my opinion, I think the time for sci-fi space-centric television narratives have passed. What with the popularity of epic fantasy, e.g. Game of Thrones, The Witcher. Um, And to be honest, I think there's a simple reason why they've not attempted to reboot Firefly or Serenity. And And I think that's down to the fans. I think the fans would not be happy to have a completely new cast and completely new stories. Sometimes things have to stay buried and sometimes people know, sometimes people know when it's time to quit. Um, and I think that Firefly and Serenity were great as they were. Um, I think it would be a big mistake to attempt to reboot, especially if you're going to reboot with new actors. Um, maybe they might attempt to do a reunion special or something like that. But again, I think with Firefly and Serenity as separate but together as they are, I I really don't think that they will choose to take the story any further. Um, But I'm very happy to be proven wrong. Over on Facebook, uh, Christopher said, I was not a fan of the show at first. It wasn't until much later, after it was off the air, that I bothered to watch and I was quickly a convert. The film, I really enjoy it, mostly. It feels exactly what it is, a season or two arc crammed into a film-length format. Not a fan of the origin of the Reavers, rather liked the ambiguous nature that was given in the series. Still a fun watch and it is one I visit every few years just because it's shiny. And finally, Natalie just said all wicked matt loves that film matt's her boyfriend uh and i'm glad that matt loves that film i'm glad that you all love that film because i do too serenity might not have won the box office firefly might have been cancelled too soon they're the ultimate underdogs who never win we got the tv show that didn't win and the movie that didn't win Arguably, had the series had those seven seasons, we'd likely feel different about Firefly. We may not even have had a movie, or we might. Not everything is Game of Thrones' level of success, but even Game of Thrones struggled under the weight, or should that be white, ha, of its own success in those later seasons. Firefly, at its heart, was this ragtag team of characters from different walks of life, coming together and living together and working slash thieving together. But you could relate to each of them. But mostly you could relate to the disappointment of cancellation and something being taken before its prime. But remember this. No other one season TV show has had a movie made. No cancelled TV show has ever had a movie made. Based on those two facts, the fact that we had one season of Firefly and then an entire movie and not just a small budget movie, a reasonably medium budget movie from a studio like Universal who was so passionate about it that they basically let Joss Whedon do whatever he wanted. That is incredible. That really is the power of fandom right there. And the power and celebration of fandom will continue in the next episode. But I'll talk about that in a bit. Although I will always be sad that we never got more Firefly and I will always be sad that Serenity is the end for these characters as far as we know. The fact that Serenity got made at all is truly testament to the power of fans. And if fans can achieve that, what else can fans achieve? Um, For a long time, fandom... Uh, and celebration of fan culture has often been derided. Uh, Often fans of certain shows back in the day, not so much nowadays, but definitely back in the day would be picked on. Um, For example, uh, if you saw uh, a group of people in Star Trek uniforms, they might have got laughed at for being Trekkies. Nowadays, fandom is celebrated. Fandom is accepted. Fandom is warranted. Fandom is important. And serenity is proof of that. If you love something enough to be such a fan that you will talk about it on a message board, that you will petition for new episodes or a new season, that you will 
crowdfund on kickstarter if you're that person you are wonderful you are special your point of view is so valid being a fan is so important embrace your fandoms because if the fans of firefly had never embraced their fandom had never been so vocal about their support we would not have serenity and i am so grateful for them thank you for listening Uh, as always i would love to hear your thoughts on serenity or firefly for that matter so next episode uh as i said it has a link to serenity in many ways especially uh when we're talking about fan culture and the appreciation from and of fans uh as i mentioned just now about the power and celebration of fandom and 1999's galaxy quest is not just a great comedy in its own right with a perfect cast it's not just homage to star trek although it is really genuinely great at being all of those things it's also a celebration of fandom and of fans but to talk about galaxy quest i wanted to get on a great guest host and there's no one finer than the main man of Geek Salad himself and Verbal Diorama's only returning guest host so far, Andy from Geek Salad. You may remember him from episode 23 on Mystery Men and I am so delighted that Andy agreed to join me for the chat that we had on Galaxy Quest recently. Uh, The episode has been recorded already um, so I won't be asking for any uh, comments for that episode because it's already quite long As you can imagine, we have a lot to say about Galaxy Quest, but I really wanted a kind of one-two punch, really. Uh, I planned Serenity to be followed by Galaxy Quest because I really do believe that fan culture has never been so demonstrably uh, accepted and valued as it has for Serenity and Galaxy Quest. So I really hope that you will join me next week for Galaxy Quest. And to be honest, if you like Serenity, I'd be very surprised if you don't like Galaxy Quest. What I've normally done in the past is I would go through lists. I'd be like, if you like this episode, I've also done episodes on blah, 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 blah. But as I now have over 50 episodes, I'm no longer listing them all. Uh, And that is for a couple of reasons, really. It's mainly to do with time, but it's also to do with the fact that it really, really hurts my throat to have to list through over 50 episodes. So instead, each episode, I'm going to try to recommend other similarly themed episodes that if you do like this one on Serenity, you might also like to listen to this little selection of episodes that I've put together. So if you liked this episode on Serenity, you might also like... And these are mainly because they're also by Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 4, Episode 10, Hush, The Cabin in the Woods, Toy Story, uh, which I admit is a bit of a wild card, but it's very typical Joss Whedon. And also episodes with similar sci-fi themes. So the Joss Whedon co-written Titan AE, which was the very first episode of this podcast. Also Edge of Tomorrow, Passengers, Treasure Planet, and Rogue One as well. I think because they're all very similar sci-fi themes, I know they're not sci-fi westerns, but to be honest, not much is a sci-fi western. Um, But I think that if you do like Serenity, you would also like any of those particular movies or episodes. Obviously, give me feedback on my recommendations. Do you think I got it right? Do you think I missed anything? Do you think that the inclusion of Toy Story was a bit weird? Because to be honest, I'm on the fence. Um, Let me know on social media. Uh, and just by the by, you can find any of my other 52 episodes in your podcast app and you can basically stream or download as you desire. If you do want to get in touch with me on social media, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Letterboxd at Verbal Diorama. Um, and although you're under no obligation to do so, if you if you wish, you can sign up to support the show on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash verbal diorama. Tiers start at $2 a month and you get some lovely little perks. You get the upcoming schedule every month. And you also get a shout out on the next episode and you get episodes slightly early too. So a big thank you to the patrons of this podcast, to Simon E, Sade, Hardy L, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Jason, Kristen, Kat, Andy, Mike, 
And a very special thank you to a brand new patron. Griff has joined um, the super squad of patrons. He joined at the Ted Theodore Logan level. Um, and just a big, massive thank you to all the patrons of Verbal Diorama for being shiny. If you want to get in touch on email, you can do so verbaldiorama at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with me on my website, verbaldiorama.com. Uh, you can also pop over to filmstories.co.uk. Uh, you can check out the print magazine, uh, of which the new issue will be available soon-ish. Uh, I've just submitted my ninth column for that. Um, and also the website articles, a couple of which are written by me as well. Um, obviously, if you can support Film Stories, that would just be wonderful. Um, please buy a magazine if you can. Uh, or just, you know, click on a link or two on the website. Every little helps. And finally, no power in the verse can stop me. Not even Alan Tudyk. I still miss you, Wash. Bye. Movie should know. Movie should